Hey, Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro members, I'm very excited to present to you our latest audio profile. Hi, and welcome to another Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro audio profile. I'm John McGowan, and joining me is a special guest, Master Instructor, Laura Sachs. Laura, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Hi, John. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I, I'm excited to have you. What prompted uh, our conversation uh, is, well, to begin with, you're a hard zone master trainer, and, and I, I know you from through that, but I saw that you had a, a session that you did at IDEA last year uh, about what you call your 4x4 threshold assessment. Essentially, using your heart rate monitor to identify both your low T1 and T2 thresholds, and I was excited to convince you to come on and and we can create an audio profile out of it. Great, yes, and John, this is based on. Um, I also wrote the article that came out in Fitness Journal in June of this year on using a heart rate monitor to be able to find these two thresholds, and this is based on Sally Edwards' Heart Zones work. I want to give Sally credit because she's been such a great mentor. Oh, absolutely, and I and I and I wholeheartedly uh, second that. And mm-hmm. and uh, we have, we can't forget Dr. Carl Foster in, in that mix uh, either. I'm sure. I I know. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm actually very excited that he's coming to our conference because I've met him before. I've seen him speak at one of Sally's conferences, and and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, how would you introduce what we're going to do now to uh, your class? So I tell my class that today we're going to do a couple of drills, and these drills are for them to gather information about their fitness level right now, today. What is your fitness level right now? And we are going to do a four-by-four test, so I'm going to warm them up and then ask them to hold a heart rate number that they can hold for four minutes. And I tell them this isn't the fastest you'll ever go. This isn't the hardest you'll ever go. This is as if you're climbing, and I use examples of outdoor places here, where you're climbing, that you have to maintain a level because if you stop, you're not gonna you're gonna have to get off your bike. So this is a level where you can maintain this for four minutes. Then we cool down for two, and then we pull it back up for another four minutes. All right, and then through this process, you're having the participant students record heart rates. Is that correct? Yes, and what happens, John, basically is that you pretty much are at, about, or around a certain heart rate. Uh, so say it's 154. You, you find in the first session that you were able to maintain 154. Then you cool down for two minutes. You're working to get back to 154, but maybe on the second four minutes, you're only going to get to 152. That's fine because we're going to average both of those numbers together. Let me just add here that what we're looking for is this number represents our first threshold. What Carl and Sally teach us is that the very first time that you begin to get throaty in your workout, where you start to take that breath, where you know that you have to really dig down and breathe, that is usually associated with the first rise in lactate. 
So you have both of those things going on at, at once. That is the number. That is the T1 that when we add together these two heart rates, the 154 and the 152, then we can say that this T1 for you is 153. So you've introduced this concept. What particular benefit do you convey that your students are going to get from going through this class? Well, that's interesting. I could talk about that for a long time. I mean, we know all the physiological benefits. What, but mainly for them, we want them to understand that you are going to increase your fitness level. Not your speed, I'm not talking speed here, but your fitness level by doing this. Um, we can do various, after we've established what that first threshold is, we can play games with our heart rate monitor by saying, okay, if you're at 153, if that's your T1, I want you to just go, I want you to cycle at, about, or around 156. Just three little points here on your heart rate monitor. This is gonna be a little harder for you. And by doing that progressively and going up until you get to a point where say you're 10 over, you have actually improved your fitness level. And it feels okay to do it that way. In other words, it's not gonna completely, you know, it's, you're not gonna be just like dead tired doing it that way, but you're going to progressively increase your fitness. We've introduced our class. Uh, what do you do next? I've set up a number of drills. I have um, certain ways in which, um, for instance, this class, you're gonna see in the handout for this class, I have a couple of things that I have people do post warm up. So I have them ride um, in the saddle, out of the saddle, and then with their buttocks back for 20 seconds. And I do that for a whole song. So I may do that for, you know, just to give them, you know, just to kind of get their body warmed up and their hips warmed up, get them prepared. I also want them, I don't want to start this test while they're cold. I want to get into the class before I start this test. So I know they're warmed up and they're ready to go. The next two songs that I do is that I like to do a progressively up the resistance for people. So if they have a way in which they can look at, if, if they have a, a cycle in which they can increase that the power, that would be great. But even so, what you're gonna do is just increase your resistance six times. So we start at a level where it feels like flat road, but with a thick tire, that sort of outdoor, using that outdoor image. And we start by standing for 30 seconds, sitting down and riding to tempo for 15, and then staying seated and speeding up for 15. And we do that six cycles, making it harder. And so that by the, time you're through the second song, you know, you're definitely warmed up, you're definitely in riding mode. At that point, I ask them to find a resistance level, because now we're going to do the four by four. So find a resistance level that feels, you know, hard enough, you know, so you feel like you're getting something out of it, but also not so much that you're going to feel your muscular endurance is going to go before your ventilatory endurance goes. So you want to differentiate those two. Um, and then we begin. And so I time them for four minutes. Um, during this four minutes, I tell them as each minute elapse, elapses, I keep telling them, I want you to ride at a, le a, a level that you can maintain for this full four minutes. Again, this isn't your fastest. This is a level that is hard. I want it six on a perceived exertion scale of one to 10. 
So you're, you're working hard, you're breathing, you could still talk to me if you wanted to, although you're focusing and you really probably don't want to chat right now. This is much more intense. At the end of four minutes, we stop, I change the music, I put on something mellow, and I tell them to take that resistance back down, you know, to a light level, an easy level, and just cool down. Now, I want them to look after one minute at how many um, beats per minute their heart rate has dropped. And obviously, we want that to drop at least 20 in that first minute. That's a, a health, a heart, pardon me, heart health issue. But we will notice that with most of these athletic people, it's going to drop even more than that in the first minute and, you know, quite a bit more, maybe 40, um, up to 40 or 50 in the second minute. And then I put back on the intense mu music and I ask them, let's go again. Let's go now. And usually it takes them per perhaps that first minute to get that heart rate back up to where it was. And then for the, the remaining three minutes, again, I'm telling what each minute goes by, I'm having them remember what it felt like in the first four by four, that here they are, they're climbing and they do not want to stop, but they can't go any faster because if they do, they're going to bonk. They're going to want to get off the bike and that's not going to happen. So just that sense, then they stop. I have them cool down for two more minutes. John, I think what I wasn't clear about, and, and forgive me for this, after the first four minutes, um, when I ask them to look at, the, you know, when I'm counting down five seconds, four, I'll say, take a look at your heart rate monitor. What is this number? What is this number that you've been holding? And then during the second one, of course, the same thing. And then I tell them, all right, after class, unless you want to do it in your head right now, I want you to add those two numbers together and divide by two because that is your first threshold. And I explained to them, as I've explained to you here today, what that means in terms of lactate and ventilation. Uh, help me understand when you say they stop, meaning describe how you communicate that. Well, I'm counting down um, each minute. So I'm saying three more minutes, two more minutes, one more minute, and then I'll say five more seconds. And so what I want them to do is lighten up and just just um, recover, recover for two minutes. Okay. Part of the struggle from an instructor's perspective is, is what you communicating <laughs> reaching to the participants? And so during this time, especially at the very end of these efforts, are you observing in a, in, in a way that it may have you encouraging the, the, the students or, or maybe sp specific students differently? Um, I'm always watching, and I'm always making sure that they're understanding. I'm, I'm getting some visual input back, and I'm watching them. I and I'll say to them, are you sweating? Are you breathing? You're probably having to just keep focusing on that exhalation. That's the kind of work that I want. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some people, are, I mean, people are different, but you can tell when they're really uh, putting effort into it. I don't, I tell them you can ride out of the saddle, in the saddle. I'm not going to tell you how to ride right now. All I'm going to say to you, I want you to get into that position where you know you can go your hardest, where you can really work. And I think that is nice. So you see some people seated, you see some people standing up, but you see everyone is working. Do you offer any type of alternative efforts when you're initially uh, describing the class, you know, that to give people the, an out if it's just not their day to do this? Uh, how do you communicate that? 
Oh, sure, sure. I just, I say to them, we're going to do these two drills today. And actually today we're doing a quote unquote type of a submax test. And so I don't know how much pressure you've been under in your work life. I don't know if you went out to dinner with some friends last night and had more quote unquote wine or alcohol than you normally do. Both of those things would make a difference. So, um, you know, feel free to, you know, I really want you to do this. I want to gather this information. Um, however, if today you know this isn't the day, we will be doing this again. Now, let's do easy, moderate, and hard, because that's the next exercise that we're going to do. Since we've already done the four by four, and we've done two prior drills to that, now I'm going to ask them to do easy. And you may say to me, oh, gosh, at this point in the class, why would I want to do easy? Well, part of it is recovery because I'm gonna ask them to do easy, moderate, and hard. And for hard, I want it to hurt. I want them to sustain the highest level that they can sustain for three minutes. And I want them to not think moderate. So right now we're quantifying. And you know, Carl Foster says when he works with his speed skaters, that on two of the training days, he wants them to just go as hard as they can so that they're uncomfortable, they're not ready to, you know, vomit, but they're but they're playing that edge of I am working so hard. And then two other days during their training, of course, these people are training probably six days a week. He's he then tells them, I want you to stay very moderate. I do not want you to get your heart rate over a certain level. And what he just finds is that human nature is we don't train hard enough when we're asked to. And we train harder than we're supposed to when we're asked to go more moderately. I think it's really important for cyclists to understand, um, understand's the wrong word, to um, teach their participants that it's okay to go on flat road. It's okay to go easy. You're, you're, you're still using your cardiovascular system. You're still using your muscles. And I love this drill because it gives us that opportunity to go through easy, hanging, flat road, moving along. We do that for three minutes. Now we say moderate. So moderate, uh, one of the most difficult things is getting people in your class to really understand what you mean by moderate. Moderate is going to be a little less than that first ventilatory threshold or at about around that, that, that T1. So if we were at 153, for, for moderate, I'd probably hang between 145 and 150, just so that I'm, I'm, I'm working, and I'm certainly in my aerobic zone, um, but I'm not adding an edge to it because the following three minutes, which is hard, I want people to go as hard and fast as they can. And again, this isn't a speed drill, but I'm saying getting those RPMs to a level and getting that level of resistance where they are working, like they're like, I don't wanna talk to you, I, I'm only going to do this as long as I can do it. And you may find people in your class that can't sustain it. And, and I'd be happy if they look down at their heart rate monitor and tell me what that number is. Where's that level that you can't sustain? Because that is your T2. And that's where we, we train for speed. In our three zone that we're working with, your middle aerobic zone would be where that moderate would be. The first, uh, the, the easy would be in your you know, pre-moderate. 
And then most people would find that their hard is going to be somewhere beyond the aerobic zone. I'm assuming that most of these people are fit. They exercise on a regular basis, cycling maybe three times a week, maybe doing outdoor cycling on the weekends. Then these people love to be in their aerobic zone. They want to ride at T1 and they want to push and find out where their T2 is and maybe even move it, move that number up so that if they're at 153 and they find that they got to 165 and they're like, I can't go anymore, I'm done. But through approaching that 165 and trying to push it a little, say, how long can I hold 165? Okay, 20 seconds, 40 seconds. Just by simply doing that, then they're going to improve their speed if that's what they want to do. If they hold the T1, say what I spoke of earlier, so if they stay at 153 and their instructor says to them, okay, today we're going to be at about or around 153, how many of you can push it to 156? How many of you can stay 20, 40, 60 seconds at that number? And by doing that, then you will improve your fitness level. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Which is our goal is ultimately. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So we've, you've taken us through these drills. Do you do anything fancy or, or different on the, the back end of the class? The last uh, song of the class, I usually put on something fun, something that um, is kind of different than the music that I've used before. And I tell them, you can ride up, you can ride uh, you know, down, whatever, but I just want you to be happy and play with this music. I just want you to follow the cadence if that feels good to you. You know, everyone has their style. Like you'll see the guy in the corner who you know, or I will, who I know has been out at Mount Tam riding. He's hunched over his bike. And that's how he wants to be. I don't like to see people hunched over their bike, but this guy is in great shape. He's got, I mean, even if he's hunched over, his form is still good. His legs are going. And I know that that makes him feel good. He's playing his fitness level. Then you'll have other people that are, you know, some people want to just run. They just want to stand up and run. Um, But I make it kind of a festive song um, just to, you know, just to have fun. Like here we've focused, we've concentrated, we have, have had an objective. And now I just want you to listen to the beat of the music and just play your fitness level and have a good time. And John, I just want to add one more cue that I love giving. And that is uh, in any one of these, I'll say, um, because you can. So I might say to him, you know, do this or do that. And I'll say, because you can. And I think that that's a great reinforcement for people to go, yeah, I'm on this bike. I know how to ride. This feels really good. I'm strong. And it just it's a very great support. So I just want to leave you with that little philosophic additional cue. All right. Well, Laura Sachs, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot, John. This audio profile has been a production of Deep Breath In, LLC, and is intended for Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro members only. I truly hope you've enjoyed this profile, and remember that you can download the printed version from the post for this audio profile. Now, if you have any comments or suggestions for this or a future audio profile, please email me, john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. Now with a firm foundation in place, get out there and teach a great class.